Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Father, I just thank you, Lord, today for um, the word you have. And I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you just rest upon me and that you would minister your word and that, Lord, people would receive your word by faith. And that, Lord, there would be a healing that would take place in the hearts of many people here today. The Lord, there would be people that are struggling today with pain in their heart, not physical pain, but emotional pain. Those that have had broken hearts, those that have been so disillusioned and disappointed and hurt in their hearts. The Lord Jesus, this would be a day of restoration and healing. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're here to minister your word. And I thank you for the anointing, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to I talk about specifically emotional healing. We have a wonderful promise by the Lord Jesus that not only are we have an inheritance of healing physically, this healing just doesn't pertain to our body. It also is available for our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And sometimes, I believe, emotional pain can be just as painful as physical pain. And Jesus understands the dynamics of our hearts where a lot of times we hide what's on the inside. He sees it. And He understands all the intricate details of our hearts because our hearts matter. Our hearts matter to Jesus. And when Jesus ministered to the multitudes, he always first proclaimed good news. He always declared good news to the people. And he stirred their faith by declaring the scriptures. And I believe every time Jesus stood before the multitude, he quoted Isaiah 61 because he was encouraging people's faith to arise that that he was there right standing before them ready to minister healing because the spirit of the Lord was upon him so in that he was able to stand in the anointing and when he declared that people heard the word they responded in faith and they came to him it says that Jesus healed everyone that came to him, which is phenomenal. Everyone in the multitude that came for healing, they received it. So when Jesus would stand before the multitude, he would declare this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So when, when people would hear that word, when they would hear the word of the Lord, faith would arise. Because faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of the Lord. So when he would declare the word, faith would arise in their hearts and they would be candidates to receive healing in their lives. But what I love about Isaiah 61 is that you see the focus, and the focus is your heart. Your heart matters to Jesus. You look at it, and it's all is talking about your broken heart. It's talking about the mourning, the grief, the pain that our hearts go through life. Who knows and is aware that in this life there can be emotional pain? Hearts can get broken. Hearts can get hurt. And your heart matters. It's like he says, I will not snuff out a smoldering wick or, or bruised reed. I, you know, he's not going to, he's very delicate. He's very careful with your heart because your heart is a very tender aspect of who you are. So he cares about your heart. Because sometimes a broken heart, you almost feel like you're a prisoner on the inside. You almost feel like you're captive to the emotional trauma that you've gone through. And it's like there has to be freedom of this feeling trapped on the inside. Am I ever going to be free of this pain, of this heartache, of this sorrow that I'm going through? So, I believe that emotional pain can be just as severe as physical pain. And Jesus cares so much about your heart that in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he says this. He sent me, this is what Jesus says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So his focus is looking for those that are broken in life. And the good news of the promise in 1 Peter 2.24 is that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. The inheritance that you have as, an, as a believer, your inheritance is healing. And this inheritance is something that is in an account for you. 
It's something that's been set up for you. Like, like a family, like parents, if we set up a trust fund for our children and we want to give them a million dollars, I'm sure the children would be so excited about that. But you set up a trust and that money is theirs. And it's waiting for them. It's their inheritance. But they, they can't, if it's just going to sit there and it'll access it, what good, what good is that? You have to access it. You have to go to the account. You have to go to the bank. You have to go wherever to get your money and draw from it. It's yours. It's an inheritance. Well, Jesus has set up an inheritance for each of you here. And that inheritance is healing. It's in the covenant. It's in the atonement. He paid for it. So you have an account. You have a trust fund. You have a guarantee that in this fund is healing. But you have to access it. You have to believe in your heart that by his stripes on his back, we're healed. And not just physically. And that's what I really want to focus on today because Physical healing is an incredible manifestation of the healing. But the healing is just not skin level. It goes to the heart too. But you have to receive it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. When he says, by his stripes you were healed, that means also that you were healed in your emotions, in your mind. The trauma that some people experience um, through life situations, it, it, it traps you like on the inside. It's like you're, 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 you feel like you're like you wake up, it's there. You feel it. You go to bed, it's there. You feel it. It's like, am I ever going to get out of this thing? Am I ever going to get out of this reality of feeling like uh, I'm just traumatized? Jesus can set you free on the inside. When the Lord told us to come to Asheville and plant this church, one of the aspects that the Lord said that would be the characteristic of this church is that we would be a house of healing. And over the years, in the, in the 20 years, I've seen so many people that have come in and they've only been here for a season and they get healed emotionally. They get healed physically. They get restored. And then the Lord sends them off. This is going to be an element where this church is a church that ministers healing to each other. The scripture says, what? We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, we're a church that's going to lay our hands on you, uh, if you'll allow us. And, and you're to be healed. And it's a supernatural exchange. Your faith receives it and you are able to release it into the lives of other people. 
So today, I, I just want to focus in on the part of our inheritance, and that is emotional healing. You know, emotional healing can really restore your whole outlook on life. It's like how you look at life, how you perceive yourself in life. And it can really restore the joy of your salvation because there's times in which in life it throws us curveballs. I mean, I mean, I used to play baseball. I used to pitch. I wasn't the best pitcher, but I could throw a curveball. And, you know, sometimes a curveball is hard to hit if it's, if it's on. If, you, if your game is on that night and you can, you can really drop that ball, you know, it, it's hard to hit. So there's times that when life throws you curveballs, it's like, wow, that was a zinger. And that hurt. And sometimes it gets stuck in there. It's stuck. Well, Jesus wants to unstuck you. <laughs> Emotional pain, it, what it does is it weighs you down. It, you really just don't even want to feel like you want to get up out of bed anymore. You just, it weighs you down. You feel traumatized by events in your life. And they just like, they hold you in, in bondage. And you know, you could think certain events, oh, that didn't bother me. That didn't hurt me. I, I, I can handle it. And then, you know, a year, two years down the road, all of a sudden, an event happens. Has anybody ever had a triggering moment where a certain event triggers emotion on the inside and it's like all that you went through you wasn't what you thought wasn't that big of a deal all of a sudden whoo it comes to the surface and it's like oh it's like you're reliving it all over you get triggered you know you just get set off and and Jesus understands this whole dynamic of your heart and he wants to to set you free from the triggers. He wants, he wants to bring total healing and restoration to your, to your life. When I was young, as I struggled with the learning disability, um, I didn't realize the magnitude of the pain that I went through. Because you, you feel so less than. You feel so inadequate. I felt so different. I felt so stupid. I felt so uh, I felt shameful. And and when Jesus met me in college and he spoke over me, he said, I'm going to heal you of your learning disability. And when he touched my heart, I'll never forget that weekend. I cried for three days straight. Because I had so much emotional trauma, pain in my heart. I had to let it out. I cried. And I, you look at me and I just cry. Because he was healing my heart. He was like, he was setting me free from this cocoon. It wrapped me in a cocoon. And it's like he ripped it open. And he, and he healed me. And he gave me wisdom and the ability to learn. And I was like, 
All I, you know, the tears were healing. But I was able to cry, and I never cried. My goodness. You know, I just didn't cry, but man, I cried that weekend. And, uh, and he healed me just of all the trauma, you know. And, and so in that, uh, it was such a dramatic experience that my perception in life changed on a dime. I realized I have a good mind. I have, a, I have a good mind. I have a wise mind. I have a keen mind. I have the mind of Christ. And in that, I was released from this internal turmoil that I was going through, and my heart could rest. And my perspective on life changed. So I want to give you context for emotional healing. So I want us to look at Luke 17 about the ten lepers. Luke 17. Luke 17, verse 11. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. He saw them. He noticed them. He didn't just walk by them. And you got to realize, you know, do you know when you, when you see somebody holding a sign, you know, on the side of the road and it says, help me, I'm, I'm in need. And a lot of times we quickly look away. <laughs> we avoid because we don't, we don't get eye contact with them. You know, and, uh, and we avoid the situation and we, we try to, you know, drive on by without, you know, having to give any money. But there's situations in which, you know, you got to realize these lepers were yelling out loud. They were lepers. See, by law, they all had to hold signs. Unclean. They were all holding signs saying that they were unclean. I know that. I just wrote that. I, did I spell it right? I think so. So, so by law, Roman, they, had, they had to hold a sign that said they were unclean. So they were always avoided. Oh, let's get away. Woo, we don't want to get that stuff. And so in that, the, I'm sure the pain of rejection, feeling isolated, feeling alone, was a real pain in all these lepers. So Jesus didn't look away. It says he looked at him. He looked at him. He set his gaze on them. So let's read on. He said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. 
See, they acted upon the word. Jesus says, as you go, show yourself to the priest, you'll be healed. It says that they were cleansed as they were going. So there's an act of faith. They believed in the word. The Lord said, go, they're going to go. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But, but the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up and go your and go, your faith has made you well. The King James Version says, Your faith has made you whole. Whole. This word in the Greek is called sozo, which means to heal, save, and deliver. So what we're looking at is that we see this man that not only got healed physically of leprosy, he came back to give thanks to Jesus, and all of a sudden, he was healed emotionally. He was healed mentally. He was healed in his will. He was healed, he was saved, and he was delivered from any stronghold that had been holding him. This guy got the whole enchilada. He got the whole enchilada. He got, the, he got everything. He got healed in all ways in a holistic way. And in that, I mean, leprosy was a horrible disease. It was a disease that, um, that, that caused your skin to have welts and, and the infections would just be horrible and they would not heal. So the skin would be just deteriorating, and it would even cause deformity within the bones, the structures. There would be a deformity that would take place. And leprosy, it, it, was, it was a very horrific way to eventually die. There was no cure. When you had leprosy, it was, it was a verdict of death for you. And in that so they suffered with infection, limbs uh, became deformed, and they would eventually lose their extremities. They would lose parts of their body. This is how incredible. They, they would lose their hair. I mean, losing your, I, listen, it's hard losing my hair. But, I mean, just to, to, to lose it all because of this would be so challenging to walk through. They would be ostracized. They would be left alone. And lepers had to be put in camps. You had to go to a leper camp. And which meant you had to leave your family for the rest of your life. The loneliness, the, the, the trauma that they would experience of being left alone really to die. And these ten lepers were crying out with all of their heart as they were holding their signs. Jesus, have mercy on us. 
Son of David, heal us, restore us. And in that, Jesus turned to them and saw them. And he healed them. Their healing was a supersized healing. They got sozoed. They got, they got totally transformed. But we don't know the exact emotional and mental pain that this one leper went through. But I think we can look at some of the possible scenarios of what he was struggling with and how he was able to receive wholeness in all of his, from his emotional pain. I think one thing that potentially could have been going on, he was overlooked. And being set in a camp, he's ostracized and he's left alone. There's a pain that can come through being lonely. There's a brokenness that can have with just, just feeling that you're alone. Am I ever going to have anybody in my life? But, but feeling ostracized where no one talks to you anymore would be a very, very emotionally painful thing to go through. Being left alone and separated from loved ones. I mean, I can't imagine if, if, if I ever had that disease and I had to leave my family and go live in a camp. I mean, that would break my heart to be separated from my family. The emotional pain of facing the reality that you were going to die and not your family wasn't around. I mean, that's, I, I can't imagine. Because there was no cure for leprosy. But I, I just submit to you that there is a vast difference between a physical healing and an emotional healing. Ten were cleansed, but there was only one that was made whole. Nine had new dermatology. One had a new theology. There were nine that had a new opportunity but one had new hope. Nine had a new outlook on life, and one had a new vision for life. Nine were restored, but one was remade from the inside out. Nine were released from their physical ailments, but one was liberated on the inside. There is a difference between being healed physically and made whole. Wholeness brings peace, it brings completeness, it brings salvation, it brings oneness with God, a communion with God that, that is hard to have when your heart is breaking, and, you're, and we're supposed to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's hard to love when your heart is breaking. But when, your heart, when you're whole on the inside, you're able to give love. But until then, it's like this love thing, keep it outside. Because inside, I'm hurting. The reality is that you receive the fullness of God on the inside. 
You receive the very nature. You receive the inheritance. You receive what is yours, and it's able to come and be on the inside. The Scripture says in Ephesians that we would, we would be rooted and grounded in love. We would come to know with all the saints the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and, and to know the love of Christ, experience it. Why? That we might be filled up to all the fullness of God on the inside. It's the dwelling of God on the inside in all full measure because the Scripture says we have received the fullness as grace upon grace. And it's, it's, it's our inheritance to receive the fullness of grace. In Ephesians 1.18, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Why? So that you would know what is the hope of your calling. That is, the riches of his inheritance that's inside the saints. He wants your eyes to be open so that you realize that you have an inheritance of healing that's yours, that's available, that you can access it, that you can receive it. So the question is, do you want to be whole on the inside? Do you want to be made whole today? I feel like today that the Spirit of the Lord is giving an invitation to some here today to receive physical healing. You don't have to go through a 12-step program anymore. You don't have to keep going to therapy thinking, am I ever going to get free from this emotional pain? Jesus has come to set you free and heal you. It's, do you believe it? I mean, I, listen, I... I'm not against therapists and, and counselors. They're wonderful. I always need one myself, you know, once in a while. But, but, but the reality is, is that, you know, as my, as my doctor friend says, he says, Sam, I'm just going to let you know, he's a, he's a surgeon. He says, uh, doctors just simply practice. But Jesus heals. And therapists practice. But Jesus is the one that ministers the healing. They don't heal. Counselors don't heal. Jesus heals. You're to receive your healing. And I believe Jesus wants to touch a place in your heart where it's like, can anybody reach this place? He wants to go deep and just set you. You know, it just takes one word from the Lord. To set you free and heal you. It doesn't take 12 steps for him to communicate what you're to have. He can just give one word. You're free. Now go and sin no more. <laughs> Healing changes your physical state. Being made whole changes your spiritual state. On the inside. It's your, your outlook on life. Psalm 143 3 says this He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Do you hear that? 
The Word says He heals your broken heart and He binds up your wounds. Do you have any idea where the phrase broken hearted comes from? It comes from Psalm 69, 20. Let me read this to you. David said, Reproach has broken my heart, and I am so sick. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. David wrote about it centuries ago, but doctors actually today say that a broken heart really is a medical reality. When you go through a traumatic event, your, your, your brain releases chemicals to deal with the trauma. And these chemicals actually weaken the tissue um, of the heart, around the heart, and it's actually called a broken heart syndrome. So there actually is a physical, medical reality of a broken heart. So what causes a broken heart? Well, here are some of the most common ways our hearts can get broken, and I'm sure there's a list of many more. We lose a loved one, and our hearts are broken with grief. We get disappointed because things don't turn out as we planned. We are rejected by someone that we love. Our hearts are are hurting Because of broken trust. Broken trust breaks your heart. We are traumatized by emotional abuse. But here's some amazing news. It doesn't matter what you call a broken heart or even how you got your broken heart. Jesus can help. And Jesus is here today to heal your hurting heart. And the Scripture says that, as Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to minister healing of the good news that we're healed. But you know, Jesus said also, greater things will you do in my name because I go to the Father. So now, who are the ones that are now standing in faith ministering this wonderful inheritance? Healing. You and I. Greater things will we do in in His name. It's in His name. And so we get to be ministers now of this incredible promise of healing. And as by faith, we simply lay hands on the sick, lay hands on those that are broken, and they're healed. It says, Scripture says that He healed with one word. He ministers healing. So you don't have to think, you don't have to try to explain 20 years of where and why your heart is breaking. I mean, I get exhausted listening at at that much information. 
All you simply got to do is say, my heart is breaking. Jesus, I need to be healed. And I receive it now by faith. I receive the healing deep in my heart. Set my heart free that I can go leaping and dancing and praising God once in a, once in a while. <laughs> All the time. Whether you have been let down or disappointed, rejected, or you feel resentment or pain, Jesus came to heal your heart. Why? Because your heart matters. Your heart matters to Him. Your well-being matters to Him. Luke 4.18, Jesus said about the Father, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So if you've been hurt, God wants to help you. God wants to heal your broken heart. Psalm 143.3 says this in the Message Bible. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages and bandages their wounds. I don't think that there's ever a closer time that you're with the Lord than when your heart is breaking. He's near to the brokenhearted. It doesn't say he's far from the brokenhearted. He's near the brokenhearted. He's near you. He's with you. He wants to heal you. And He's here in this church to help you. Will you let Him? Will you let Him? It breaks His heart to see the things that has broken your heart. The other day, I, I had a, a chance to, I was at the gas station getting my car worked on, which has 350,000 miles, and it keeps running like, the, you know, like it's like that ever-ready bunny. It just keeps going and going and going. I mean, my van, it just, it just doesn't break. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, you know? So I'm going to, you know, just get my inspection, which, you know, now I'm at the point of, after 350,000 miles, you don't have to have an inspection anymore. <laughs> it's like, praise the Lord. <laughs> so there's a good thing in keeping an old car. But I, I was there um, last year, and there was a gentleman working in, in the gas station, and, um, and he was just diagnosed with bone cancer. And he, had to go, he had to go through all this intense chemo. So I told him, I said, let's just pray now because I, I, just, I just want to trust the Lord. I believe he wants to heal your body. And so I laid hands on him. I prayed for his healing and I trusted him with the Lord. Well, wind the tape forward. Last week, I'm in the, a year later, I'm, I'm at the gas station. And lo and behold, guess who's in the gas station? And he said, Sam, I think I'm all better. And he said, but there's one thing, though. My white blood count is still pretty low. And I have a wound on the bottom of my leg. And he said, I just can't get it to heal. I said, well, let's pray for that to be healed. He healed you of your cancer. 
let's trust him now to heal this wound. And so I laid my hands on it and, and I prayed for his, for his wound to be healed. And I'm trusting it is healed. And then as I was leaving, um, the owner of the, of the auto shop, he walks me out to my, to my van. And I said, so, I said, how are you doing? And he looked at me with that look like, you really want to ask me that question? <laughs> I, and I, I just said this randomly. I said, how's your son doing? Well, that was the key. His son had, had just been, um, charges were just um, given to him, and he went through a very traumatic relationship. It was just very painful. And he, they have uh, two children. And um, he was arrested and thrown in jail. And it was, a, it was, the father, he believed that it was unjust, went out merited, and he was trying to get him out of jail. And he went down to the magistrate two times to get him out. And he couldn't get him out of jail because uh, of the, he said, they said each time, the paperwork wasn't right. And by the way, it's 5,000 more. So they just, it sounds like a racket. But, but the, he went down for the third time. And finally, he met a, a, an individual that ended up saying, this is nonsense. And just rode off on it and, and, and released his son. And he got out of jail. But when he stood there before me, the pain that he was experiencing of his heart, in his heart for his son was so real. I mean, his face was just in agony over his, the plight and the struggle of his son. And I, I told him, I said, could I, could I pray for you right now? And, and I ministered healing to his heart. And... And he was able to forgive, um, release forgiveness and just receive a touch from the Lord. But you know what? The emotional pain that he was going through was just as real as the physical pain of the guy inside the mechanic shop. His pain was just as real. And I believe today that the Lord wants to minister healing to some broken hearts over situations and so I want you all to stand. Daniel, you could come on up. Father, I ask now, the Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that Lord, you would, um, the Lord, you would now minister as only you can. And I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would just rest upon those that you're speaking to, that it is time, it's, it's time to receive their healing and to have their hearts restored. The scripture says that, that he's, he's the healing balm of Gilead. There's an aspect of the Lord Jesus that his healing balm is what puts together a broken heart. He's able to release the warmth of a balm inside your heart that puts it back together. 
that allows the trauma of what you, you remember, all that you went through, to be unplugged from the trauma, from the event. And so I'm trusting the Lord that there's those here today that, um, that have gone through a lot of pain. And there's a lot of life that's happened in this room. And I'm just believing now that Jesus is ready to heal. So the question is, are you ready to receive? Do you all believe that Jesus can heal your broken heart? His word says he's come to heal the brokenhearted. Do you believe that? Do you believe he's here to heal your broken heart? His word says it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I ask Holy Spirit that you would just speak to those that you're nudging to just receive a touch from you.